We are live. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Uh, Today, it is Ask Us Anything. Live edition, baby. We are actually going to include your questions that you submitted via your phone audio Yeah, we were listening to a lot of them last night. They're awesome. Yeah, we're really excited. As always, I am trying out some new tech things. So (laughs) this may or may not work, but we're optimistic. Uh, I tried to roll the intro screen. That did not work. So we're all for one so far. Okay. I do have to give a little anecdote here. I feel like every time we try to do something live, Andrew tries something new. Yes. And it never works. That is correct. I hate to like (laughs) poop on your parade there, babe, but... You know um, what, though? If we're not changing, we're not trying. Okay. Or if we're not trying, we're not changing. Or one of the two. <laughs> anyway. A uh, couple of updates for you guys that we're really excited about. Um, one, if you guys haven't heard, a couple things is going on tour. Whoop, whoop. Is it tour or tour? Tour. tour. Definitely tour. Um, yeah. But we're going on tour starting in February. Late January. Am I right, Lex? Late January. Late January. We have six cities. Make sure you check in the description. We'll put the link. Um, You can buy tickets already. Some are on pre-sale. Make sure you don't miss those. We're doing intimate venues, and it's going to be awesome. We're We're planning everything right now, but we're doing like games, potentially comedians, country music artists. Just all of it. Yeah, we're gonna, pyrotechnics. Actually, one of the questions that we're talking about is what can we expect on the tour? And so we're going to break down some of the segments that Sean just teased. I'm pumped, though. It'll be exciting, it, especially given like post 2020. I'm really excited to see everybody in person. It's yes. like why we do what we do. Yes. Also, should we have like wine there? Should we? I don't know. I'm. Sounds I'm like you might want wine baby here. Okay. Uh, if you want to find out more information though about the six different locations that we're going to visit, the couplethingspod.com link is in the description, I believe. Um, so check it out. And before we get started, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the channel or the show on whatever platform you're listening. Yes. And give it a rating, whether it's a thumbs up or you have a comment to drop. Just go ahead and do that. Thank you. Yeah. So. Should we just jump right in? Let's do, do we it. we have juicy questions here or are we just like? All right. As a kid, I used to love when my parents would sit down and play a game with us or do any activity. And right here in our hands, we have the KiwiCo box, which is the activity of all activities for young kids. The colorful chemistry set to be specific. So with Drew and Jet and Bear, we try to have really intentional playtime. And that's hard because they're all different ages and kind of in different developmental kind of phases of life. I love with KiwiCo that each month we get boxes specific to their ages and kind of like the activity development phase that they're in. So each box, this one's the colorful chemistry set. Um, This has to do with science, but especially with Bear, it can be really hard with a four-month-old to know like how to interact with him where he needs to be at four months old and i love in these crates they actually have cards that say here are activities or things you can do specific to bear that will help him identify colors or whatever it is i love kiwico there's always something new for kids to discover like learning about the science of ice cream engineering robots or doing science experiments which our kids have loved recently sean is currently holding as she said the colorful chemistry kit which has provided hours of entertainment for our kids they look forward to their new crate every month and this one kept him really engaged we got to experiment with mixing oil and water 
mixing different colors and watching how different things react. It was so fun. We basically created our own little chemistry lab with the kids, and we could feel their excitement when they got to play around and mix things together. Plus, it barely made a mess, so it was really quick to clean up and to use again another day. It can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children engaged, challenged, and off their screens, but KiwiCo does the work for you, so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month of any crate at KiwiCo.com when you use code COUPLE. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com. Promo code COUPLE. You go on like you haven't heard color. any of them. I haven't You've heard, heard none of them. Okay, well here we go. I mean, let's, I heard the ones from last night. Let's do the first one. Okay, ready? All righty, here we go. I it don't was working. Work. I don't know if it was. We have uh, Morgan is here to ask a question though. Let's check this out here. Okay, do we think that the statement and question of when you know you know is true? What's going on here? <laughs> Technical difficulties. Okay. Thank you. Um, so the question is, should we repeat it again? No. Okay. Um, I think that statement comes with a lot of baggage uh, because Andrew and I talked about this before. We don't technically believe in the one. So like this fantasized concept that there is only one person out there for you. And when you find them relationship, the relationship's going to be super easy. You're going to feel like you meant Prince Charming or Cinderella and that it's all just going to click. Relationships are really hard, no matter what. Even if you find the most compatible person in the world, they're going to be very hard. So the concept, do you, will you just know? I don't think you'll know. I think you'll find someone where you look at them and you're like, I love them and I want to make this work. You know when you're ready to commit. Yes, but devil's advocate yes and no because even when we were talking about getting engaged and stuff it's a very human thing to have doubts and to be like holy crap is this actually like my person am i going to be able to make this work for the rest of my life am i going like yes so i i would say yes and no you find someone who you want to make it work with also we would love to get your opinion on this adam and Lindsay via the chat said uh ask the similar question of how do you know you're ready to get married? And I think it's the same, it's the same concept of, yeah, it's just in my perspective, it's I'm at a point in life where I am willing to sacrifice whatever needs to be sacrificed for this person and like be honest and do the work of trying to, you know, get rid of any bad habits that I have that don't work in our relationship and all this stuff that comes with committing to another person. So. And I will say, um, I, I feel like a mistake a lot of people make is that when you're in a dating relationship, you're waiting f- to find someone to date that makes it easy. And I feel like that's unrealistic. Two completely different human beings trying to coexist is very hard. Mm-hmm. And it's just whenever you find someone that it's worth struggling for, I think that's when you know this is like marriage material. I like that. Uh, Lena agrees with you. Mandy says that you were very well said, spoken, sorry. (laughs) Um, Let's see, Samantha Krause via the chat says she's at the point in her life where uh, she wants to leave because she doesn't know how to be a stay-at-home mom. Uh, I don't know how because I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, 
That's tough. Honestly, so we, in full transparency, are not equipped to answer all of your questions. Yeah. And we try to very clearly remind you and tell you that we're not therapists and we, we don't have your answers. Uh, our mission is to share our experience mm -hmm. in hopes that someone else relates to it or can find encouragement in it. So Samantha, I would encourage you to sit down with loved ones, mm -hmm. uh, maybe sit down with a professional and work through what that situation is um, and what it looks like for you. Well, and if Andrew and I are being very transparent, we've had very hard times where we've struggled and we've been disconnected and either one, like either one of us hasn't liked where we were in life and that we've wanted transitions and there are sacrifices and there's so many things where you can just butt heads and feel like they're really, you don't know where to go or like how to take a step forward. And I would just say, be very transparent with your husband, ask for help from professionals and see what there is that can be salvaged. All right. Ready for another take? <laughs> Let's try it. Here we go. <laughs> Andrew and Sean. This is Jessica Dorneman coming at you live from Derby, Kansas, just south of Wichita, Kansas. I was wondering who are people in your lives that you just consistently look up to um, and why do you look up to them? Preferably people that you actually know personally kind of in your day-to-day -day life or people in your families or something like that, just people that you really admire and why do you admire them? Okay. Well, that's a good question. Thank you, Jessica, for, for that question. Just want to make sure that everyone could hear that. Holy yeah. smokes, we're doing it, babe. That's a huge step. Can I just, can you pat me on the back there? Good job. Thank you. I, I was, like I was a little really nervous. Stressed out. Well, I just, everyone, you know, took the time to submit questions on audio and you I didn't did want to blow it. such a good job. Thank you. Um, to answer the question though, people that we admire, look up to, I'll speak for myself because okay. I feel like we, we might have several people. Um, I look up to my parents. My parents have been married 55 years. Yeah. It might just be 50, 50 years. Okay. Yeah. But no, cause they got yeah. married when they were 16. Okay. Oh, 45 years. Yeah. Okay. 45. Yeah. Cause they're 60, whatever. Um, a long time. They got married when they were 16 and they have been through it. They have been through pretty much every up and down you can imagine. And they have fought to stay together. They are each other's rocks. And I have seen them argue and I have seen them love harder than I've ever seen in my life. And I, I just, I admire that to them, there was never an option to leave because they made the fight worth it, if that makes sense. What about friends that you admire? Anybody like that? So, so the list of my on my side. I answered the question. <laughs> how I interpreted it. Okay, okay, that was cute. I like okay. that. Uh, I would say. I mean, there's a long list of people that I admire and take aspects of their life mm -hmm. uh, and apply to mine. So, like Ryan Lippman is one of my best friends, um, and he is just one of the most I don't know emotionally and socially aware people. And I love him a lot. Uh, Josh Axe has been a fantastic mentor to me. All of my siblings um, have made a large impact on my life. JD is the one brother uh, who's directly older than me. And I feel like I've just ridden his coattails through life. And I wouldn't have done or been involved in most of the activities had it not been for him. But I got to thinking, for the longest time, I answered the question of who my role model is 
with one person, and that was, do you know the answer to this? JD. Lance Armstrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and same. I heard in college um, that you shouldn't have any role models because they're all flawed, <laughs> which I understand that thought. But I also think that um, there's another saying called you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, meaning just because there's one fault in mm -hmm. something doesn't mean you should erase all the good. Absolutely. I'm obviously not condoning anything <laughs> of that situation, but Lance was a guy yeah. who positively impacted my life and displayed an act of uh, selflessness that I'd never seen. We had our house burnt down my freshman year of college in 2011. That's a whole podcast. A whole nother story. Yeah. We should, we should do a series Literally of crazy stories. Ground. Trinidad and Tobago being one of them. Oh my God. Anyway, but Lance sent this whole, like he sent 13 to 20 boxes yeah. of, of clothing. Cause we had none. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I got to thinking about as I was, going through Jessica's question of who do I admire in my life? It's like, they're all flawed people and yeah. I don't agree with everything that each of these people do, but there are aspects. Absolutely. Of everyone. He was, take away. he was my number one inspiration, my entire gymnastics career, which is funny because he was a cyclist. I read every single book he ever published as yeah. like motivation in my career. And it was fun. I had the opportunity, Jessica asked someone you personally know, and we, we got to meet, Lance personally. Yeah. So we have a lo long list of people. Lexi is a dear friend and uh, we lean on her and ask for her help a lot. Uh, Nashville has been a really good place for us to yeah. plant roots. Mallory for you. Yes. By you, the way, are you done with this? I'm question? sorry. Yes. <laughs> but I have to, I have to pimp out Mallory for a second. Okay. Um, if you don't know Mallory Irvin, you should. She is one of my best friends. I've known her for 11 years. Um, she is an influencer. Follow her on Instagram. She is very, she's posted her life, but she is coming out with a book and nobody, she's never really shared her story publicly. And it is a very, very powerful one. And she has put it in a book for you to read about. And I'm just going to tell you, get ready to pull out the tissues and you should definitely read it because it's incredible. Mm, I like that. Living fully. Oh, let me say, Tori Megan on, says her house burnt now. down in 2009 when she was 11. Wow. How about that? What's the next question? Are you ready for the next one? Hold yes. on. No, don't do this. I do want to don't read one more quote, babe, because. Babe, this is an ask us anything live. We've only answered two. We should chop chop it. Yeah, we're like 10 minutes in. We're having a blast. Okay, next question. Here we go. Let's hit it. Hi, Sean and Andrew. It's Brianna. I was wondering how the transition from one kid to two kids have been. I have two kids, and I actually found the transition to the second kid much easier than the first, and I was wondering if you guys experienced the same thing. Love the podcast. Fantastic question. Thank you for asking that. Let's see. Who was that? That was uh, Brianna. Thank you, Brianna. I would agree. I would say transition from one to two kids was definitely easier than transition from zero to one. However, it has come with its own unique struggles, just like trying to make time for everybody and everything, trying to organize our life to be more productive, um, trying to show our first baby Drew as much love as we can during the transition. Yeah, so there's just different struggles. But I, I definitely think zero to one is a smack in the face. Yeah. Hard. You're like, wow. And then one to two, you're like, oh. 
It's just it's just another one. I have a conspiracy theory. What? I just I just came up with this. Oh gosh. Do you hate when we do live streams? Because yes. I just I just go on tangents. You're googling random stuff <laughs> no, right I'm now. No, I'm not. There's and profound I wisdom. Smack you. I, my conspiracy theory is this: wisdom is knowing that that the best life comes from being as selfless as possible. If you look at like all these billionaires, what the, what do they do with all their money at the end of their life? They give it away. It's like being selfless. And I feel like there's a series of hoops that you jump through as an adult to get to that point of selflessness. The first being maybe a job where you have to be selfless. The second being marriage, have to be more selfless. And then kids is like the ultimate biggest jump I feel like that you make in being selfless. So going from zero to one was a massive mental leap of, okay, this isn't about me. But as soon as you settle into that, one to two becomes easier because it's like, it's just more, even more so not about me. Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> you're trying to wrap me up. Yeah. <laughs> I love doing this with you, babe. Yeah. No, I love it. Next question. We still have a lot to figure out though, as far as kids go and how, how we're adjusting to two. Yes. You know, for sure. There's definitely still been attacks, new routine. There's less downtime. Sean is, uh, for those just listening, she's ushering me forward. <laughs> Next question. This one's from Morgan. Here we go. Hello. Um, my question is, after having the second baby, your little boy, Jet, um, did Sean struggle with postpartum depression at all? I know that she struggled a little bit with drew and so i was curious and if so how did you guys handle that together as a couple um i just had my second also a little boy and i currently have been struggling and um just trying to find the right way to express how i'm feeling to my husband um so that we can work through it together as a couple and as parents okay let me reiterate something that we already touched on we are not professionals so would recommend looking yeah. into sitting down with a, some sort of therapist, mm-hmm. potentially. Um, really important topic, postpartum depression, though, because nobody really talks about it or wants to admit to it. I think postpartum depression can come in every shape and size. So it, even if you have, like, the tiniest thought, don't push that off and be like, oh, it's no big deal. Or if your life is consumed by something, please ask for help. Um, for me and Andrew, going into our first pregnancy or technically our second, but our daughter, Drew, uh, we talked about postpartum depression a lot because of my background. I had gone through eating disorders. I had gone through therapy before. I had struggled with massive insecurities. I had struggled with depression. Um, I had been dependent on, you know, Adderall and all these different things. I, I had struggled in that department before. So when we went into that pregnancy, a big fear of mine was that I would struggle with postpartum depression so we talked about before we had our daughter just kind of like different practices that we were going to do so Andrew I think the doctors actually at the hospital kind of put Andrew even through like a small course they were saying they would kind of sit him down and say if she mentions what were the like triggers that they told you I don't know I would hate to ramble too long so I'll just, we'll bridge it and just say that there were some triggers. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just remember them saying like, if she ever is, is very sad or continues to be sad or, 
I don't know if there were any like red flags not to brush it off and for him to call the doctor and kind of make them aware. Um, but we had a very, um, what are you laughing at? I'm laughing because Nicole, Nicole and Amanda are saying that the cup is making him nervous. <laughs> <laughs> we have a cup sitting between our chairs. <laughs> it looks like, <laughs> oh, thank you for that laugh guys. We, okay. To wrap up my answer, we made it uh, a priority with our daughter and then we made it a priority with Jet to check in with each other every day. Even if Andrew doesn't understand it, it's my responsibility and his responsibility to share how we're feeling. So it's his responsibility to check in and my responsibility to to share, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. And yes, with our son, um, I have struggled. I did struggle a little bit at the beginning, especially because we were... We had some like hard first days when we came home. Drew had RSV. She had to go stay with my parents. Um, there was just like a lot of mom guilt and emotions there. So I, I really struggled with that. But I think if you just kind of word vomit as much as you can, try to explain your emotions, just the act of like speaking it, I think makes you feel better. Yeah. And also understanding that they're phases. And so like this phase for us, the six weeks after, it was only watch comedy films, get outside as much as possible, surround yourself with loved ones, like creating, you know, a, a generally positive environment mm-hmm. to get the, you know, positive hormones firing. And, you know, mm-hmm. so we tried to do that. And there were times I remember we turned on like a scary movie <laughs> with Drew the week after she was born and we were both sitting there thinking, oh, this is not what yeah. we need right now. That was so. actually Andrew's rule was we weren't allowed to watch anything except comedies because it was just one of the things that he did to really support me, which I really loved. Yeah. Uh, real quick intermission question from Matt McLaren. Thank you for the super chat, by the way. He asked, what was your favorite college game you ever played and where was it? Go Tigers. He's an LSU guy. Mm-hmm. Um, never actually got to play the two SEC stadiums. I didn't get to play in were LSU and Auburn played everywhere else. So Alabama was definitely memorable. There were one or two in the nation when we played them, but we beat Florida in the swamp, which was a big deal. Vandy when beating was Florida. This? Don't act like it. It's just like was it the first game you ever won. <laughs> you're a hater. We were good. And my Vandy boys are going to come back too. Okay. Next question. Here we go. Hey, this is Caitlin from St. Louis, Missouri. I was just curious what the theme of your podcast is going to be whenever you take it to Nashville, Tennessee for the live show. I'm going to be there, so I'm just curious what I can look forward to. Thanks. What up, Caitlin from St. Louis, Missouri? We're uh, excited to see you in person. Talking about tour? So we have a lot of different ideas. We're currently booking talent for each city we're doing the run of show but we're going to do a lot of like live games that include the audience we're going to do some um fun storytelling about things that we've never talked about before keeping it super lighthearted and funny we potentially have an awesome comedian in nashville and an awesome country music artist what else? Talking about guests. So it's going to be, think of it as 15-minute segments. Yes. Uh, and we're going to have six or eight, one of the two. Um, but 
we'll start with Sean rarely tells her story. She's given speeches for years about her Olympic experience and what she learned from it and uh, some takeaways there. So we're definitely going to hit on that. But we're we're also doing some kind of game show. Think, think similar to America's Funniest Home Videos, but maybe meets dating apps. So does it. that make sense? Yeah. Um, it's going to be a fun night. Uh, we realize that many of you are going to be coming from uh, a house that has kids and the chaos that ensues. So we want to make this yes. a really awesome get together and also have the focus of getting to know you personally. So there's definitely going to be a, a question and answer segment as well. So the link, if you're interested in seeing where we're going to be, mm -hmm. it's six different cities. We're going to be in Charlotte, Pittsburgh, Columbus, Indianapolis, where I'm from, Atlanta and Nashville. Uh, and we're, we're doing small intimate venues yeah. on purpose. So grab your ticket while you can. And our goal with it is to make it an awesome, um, night out. So it could be a date night. You don't have to bring a guest. You don't have to bring a spouse. You don't have like, you can come as a single. Um, we just want to make it super lighthearted, super fun. Yeah, it'll be great. Let's get to the next question after, uh, we hear from the sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Sling TV. Yes. You know what tonight is, babe? <laughs> yes. It's date night. <laughs> You're pumped. Yeah. I love that. Let's go. Every Thursday, baby. You know what I'm thinking that we do for it? What? I think we do a movie night. Okay. I think we cuddle up on the couch. Okay. Put some sweats on. Yes. I need to buy some new ones. And uh, watch a chick flick. Watch one of my chick flicks. That's really? my vibe. You are, you are like a, a chick, chick flick, flick guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I could definitely get on board with that with some like pizza. Yeah. And ice cream. I'm down for both of those things. Desanos and Jenny's. And what delicious. Yeah. And with Sling TV, uh, we have so many movie channel options to choose from along with all the um, other amazing channels uh, that we put on our lineup like ESPN, HD, HDTV, and so many more. Just no ESPN tonight. Fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. Even though there is Thursday Night Football. If you guys don't know about it, Sling TV is so easy to set up, easy to use, and there's no contract. Listen to that. No contract. All for $35 a month. And they are offering our listeners a major deal, which is your first month is only $10. 10 bucks yes. for TV? You can create your perfect channel lineup for more personalized TV experience. You can literally start streaming right now on your phone your TV or your tablet. It's so easy. Sling was the live TV solution we had been searching for, and now it can be your solution too. So take control of your TV experience with Sling. It takes and makes TV fair, flexible, and just flat out better. Go to slingtv.com forward slash eastfam to sign up now and get your first month for just $10. That's, That's slingtv.com <laughs> forward slash eastfam to get your first month for just $10. Yeah. We'll okay. put that in the description below as well. Yeah, we'll also link that. Thank you. Now, next question. You ready for this? Yes. Hey, Andrew and Sean. This is Kelsey from Denver, Colorado. I um, first wanted to say that I love your podcast. It's so awesome. I listen to it every week. Um, my question would be, how do you and how do you guys as the couple um, navigate time together, especially now with two babies? Uh, my husband and I just had our second child in August. Um, and we have a two-year-old as well, and it's been kind of rough for us to find time together for just us um, since the new baby has been born. So I just wanted to get your opinion. Love you guys. Thank you. Bye. Okay. How do you make time together when you have kids? Wow. 
If you find the answer to that, let us know, please. Uh, I don't want to say this is a sore subject, but I think this is what Andrew <laughs> and I struggle with, and it's what we struggled with after Drew and what we struggled with after Jet. And I think it's very, very normal. Your spouse is your partner. It's like your number one priority. And we are firm believers that in order to be good parents, you have to have a very strong relationship. And I feel like right after you have a kid, that dynamic is kind of turned upside down on its head because babies become the priority and your spouse kind of gets pushed off to the side. We learned after Drew that there is at least a six to eight week period after a kid where you just really don't get any time with your spouse. And you know what week we are with Jet? Nine. So yeah. we're literally coming off a pretty heavy period of not being connected. And I feel like a lot of Andrew and I's big um, like arguments and struggles that we go through and we have gone through after Jet have be have been because of exactly this, because we'll start arguing and we'll start, you know, arguing about literally nothing. And all of a sudden it'll come to a head and we're like, you know what? I just feel disconnected. I miss you. I haven't seen you. I haven't cuddled with you. I haven't gone to dinner with you. And I feel like all of our like tension comes from that. And what we've done differently with Jet is after we get through all these arguments and we kind of get more of a level head, it's like, oh, we're still in that phase. And I think just acknowledging that I will see you again. Yeah. You are my priority, even if I can't show it to you right now. And I will see you in a couple of weeks. But we, we try, when do we start date night back up? At like six weeks? Maybe five. So we, we but still. We started, we started doing home date nights because we yeah. realized like. I mean, even after one week of not having heart-to-heart -heart conversations yeah. or like these connective-based conversations, we get frustrated because I feel like this situation is this. You have kids that you're sacrificing so much for mm -hmm. personally and together as a couple. And you get, there's like some resentment or frustration that can build up because you're like, I am giving this person everything and I can't even connect with my spouse who I'm mm -hmm. doing it with. So there's like this, it's like this, frustration I think so mm -hmm. we realized pretty quick that we needed to have that or we were gonna have some blow up conflict I yeah. feel like so I yeah. think something that we talk about a lot or that I try to vocalize a lot within our arguments and our tension is there's so much like he said there's so much sacrifice that goes into your kids early on and always but like especially early on and I just tell him I get to a point where I get tired of just being mom and I want to be wife again. Like I want Andrew to look at me as his wife and not just the mother of his children. And that dynamic is very hard to get back into. But yeah, like we said, we start date nights at least once a week around five to six weeks, even if it's only for an hour or a half hour or while the baby's napping. And then we just slowly try to integrate more and more time by ourselves. Yeah. Uh, that's good. That's really good. Thoughtful Moments podcast sent through a super chat. Thank you for that. Um, I think that I've been really impressed by you as a mom. Thank you. And I'm sorry if we haven't been able to connect. It's okay, baby. I, I mentioned this earlier that there are phases. Absolutely. And you said this too. And so realizing that, you know what? All right, you're about to have a kid. Buckle up for two months of, you'll get through it. And you will connect. Uh, definitely do what you can. So Amanda and Lindsay said physical touch. Mm -hmm. Like give a hug. Yes. Or a cuddle. Like even if it's two minutes 
before the baby starts crying again. Yeah. That's a tough thing too. Is like the, there's just so s- little windows of, hey, Drew's got to eat or we got to make her lunch or Jet's crying or they lost this or they made this mess. And it's like your your windows of focus are like two to three minutes. Well, and you become exhausted. So, yeah, but you can't you can't have good conversations in yeah. two to three minutes. And so. And I do think one of the other aspects that makes it very difficult after a kid is you spend so much time for weeks and weeks and weeks being just mom and dad that you get disconnected with your spouse and it's almost like you need to date again. Cause I remember we've had conversations where it's like, I don't feel like I know you right now. Yeah. I don't know what you're reading. I don't know what you're listening to. I almost feel like, I don't want to say awkward, but it's like, I don't know how to like go give you a hug and a kiss because it's like, we haven't had any physical touch in weeks or. Yeah. You felt like I was a stranger. Yeah. It's just like you, you truly have to get to know your husband or your wife again. And it's just, it takes so much effort. And one last thing, and then I'll give my last piece of advice. It is tough because I feel like there's a uh, physical thing that happens to you when you have a kid that all of your focus is on the kid and nothing else. So like, mm-hmm. I'm not really thinking about new questions to ask Sean or new fun adventures or gifts to give Sean. Um, and so there's that hurdle to overcome as well. But I'll say this, a lot of us in our lives are strategic with our careers, our athletics, our training. Um, we're strategic in a lot of areas of our life. And I feel like relationships are one area that gets so overly, um, gets looked over. And you're not strategic with it after the dating phase or mm-hmm. after the first couple of years of marriage. So constantly trying to be strategic in small or large ways um, is a good challenge. Next question. You ready? Yeah. Hi, my name is Sarah Walker. And my question to you guys is how do you stay so positive in such a crazy chaotic life with so many ups and downs and with the news and kind of just what the world is going through but also like everyday life and random like little life things that can happen and kind of little stresses that you have to get through every day and just the overwhelmingness and stressful aspect of just life in general and normal downs that check, people check. go through like that's a good insecurities. question or right here. self-doubt. Okay. Did we disconnect? I don't know what happened. Did I? Okay. We're good to go. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's see. That was Sarah that asked that question. How do you stay positive in a crazy world? One, you mentioned the news. <laughs> the first couple months of the pandemic, Yeah. we were glued to the TV. Yeah. And then you realize, well, freaking... Yeah, I need to know what's going on and what new regulations are in place, but you don't need to know at all. I had a mentor say that they just read Time Magazine's monthly mm-hmm. releases because that gives you the kind of the high level synopsis of what happened in mm-hmm. current events. And mm-hmm. you don't need to be reading freaking Twitter <laughs> where it's second by second and it's like, oh my gosh, the stock market's up 1% or down 20%. It's like over time, things typically change gradually but if you look at it from a second by second it can be super volatile i'm talking about any aspect of life and so i think removing yourself a little bit from things like the news setting up 
positive community in your life, friends, um, family. We've kind of set, settled into this cadence of friends and family. Like we'll see Ryan Littman, who I mentioned at least once a week with his mm-hmm. wife. Uh, we'll do personal hangouts and schedule that. But honestly, the biggest change in our life, and then I'll let you talk, sorry, mm-hmm. is good, we, we started using our calendar more strategically. I feel like three years ago, before Drew, it was like you looked at our calendar as really the, nothing scheduled. But we started to make more commitments because we realized that as we make more commitments, we're able to con- control what the outcome is a little better. So whether that's with friends, mm-hmm. work, personal time, personal development, et cetera. So I think just being strategic in that helps. First, I want to say we don't always true, stay positive. True. So true. I actually, I, I do want to apologize if we make it seem that way. Cause I never want to portray a perfect life because we do not lead one. True. We have our massive struggles. We have our low points. And I feel like if you ever see us have a lull on social media, that's probably because we're going through a hard time. And it is so normal to not always be positive and to struggle. So don't ever think that there's something wrong because you're you're feeling that way. True. Um, I do think, again, with Andrew and I's relationship we we prioritize transparency so much that we communicate um when we're feeling in a funk so much that we we try to figure out solutions for it so back when the pandemic started and we were very obsessed with the news we started noticing a pattern within our household that we were feeling like we were in a funk and we were depressed by it and we were just kind of sad and scared and consumed and so we were like okay we are not allowed to watch the news in the morning that is not how we're going to start the day we are not going to like put that on put that weight on our hearts so it's just kind of like acknowledging where you're at every day and trying to find patterns of how you can fix it but it's kind of like Andrew saying after I have a baby I'm never allowed to watch anything except comedies I think it's just keeping things in perspective, knowing that you can control it. So you can choose, um, what affects you and try to make the best of it. That's a super good point. And I should have started with that. And I'm glad you said that, but we, we do try to share as much as we can with you Mm -hmm. in our life, but naturally there are things that we just don't share and, and don't whip out a camera to record. I pulled up a Mm-hmm. A list of emotions. So what we share, like the emotions that you'll see are when we're happy, when we're loving, when we're surprised or even sad. We actually learned this from shrink chicks. To pull up this list of to emotions? To pull up an emotions chart and try to explain by pointing at an image how you are feeling to your spouse. That's good. But I'm saying social media, like there's no way that when we're angry, yeah, the first instinct... Is, is not to pull no. out your camera. No. Unlike like when we're super pumped that Drew's walking, it's like the first instinct is I want to remember this yeah. forever. When you're angry, you don't want to remember it forever. Absolutely. So we just naturally those get underrepresented in in what you see. So apologies if we do give off vibes that we're always happy because we're not. We had a massive argument last week and uh, mm-hmm. it was not recorded for everybody's benefit. <laughs> Next question. Hi, my name is Sian. First of all, I love you guys. I love your podcast. So thanks for opening up for questions. 
My question is about work-life balance while working out of the home. Um, I'm curious if you guys have examples of ways that you've made that work for you and ways where it didn't work, um, especially with the kids and managing your workload um, and in the midst of it all not feeling guilty. Thanks. Okay, Cianne, thank you for the question. Oh, wow. Where do we start with this one? We've done it all wrong. We've gone through every <laughs> scenario that didn't work. Um, I think it is trial and error. Andrew and I worked together, which was our first hurdle, trying to figure out the dynamics of that, the roles of that, how to turn it on and off, how to know when he's my husband and not my business partner, how to know, you know, where work within our household is allowed and where it's not. We've just tried to set a lot of boundaries. And now with kids, we've tried to set even more boundaries of we don't work in front of the kids. We always, whether, whether it's going upstairs or going to a certain room or trying to leave the house or working outside, we try to never cross paths with our kids when we're in work mode. And we always try to have an end at some point in the day where it's like, okay, work is done. We are a hundred percent family, but I think whether it's finding rooms, separating your house, putting a line, um, just making boundaries is, is kind of the only thing that we have found that has worked. Yeah. Mallory gave us advice. Never try to multitask. Don't try to do the parenting thing and yeah. uh, work at the same time. That's really, really good. Cause <laughs> it, that it only ends works. in frustration. It's yeah. like, Oh, I didn't get any work done and I felt like I was neglecting my child. So uh, that was one big takeaway for me. But yeah. Also, just clearly communicating. Sean asked me all the time, hey, how much longer do you need for work? I'll try to give an accurate mm -hmm. uh, time estimation. Fortunate that you're most of the time We're flexible working with it. me. We're working but on it. Just being like, hey, I need 45 minutes. Can you take the kids so I can mm -hmm. finish this is a good strategy. But anyway, um, I, think, I think that's all the questions uh, that we had chosen. Thank you for submitting all of those. That was fun. Yeah. Let's see. We had questions from Elena, Jessica, Brianna, Morgan, Caitlin, Kelsey, Sarah, and Cian. That was really fun. And so many more in the chat. Um, so thank you for participating in these. Do we have any others? Let's answer one more from the chat. If we're good with that. Um, Natalie says, do you guys ever feel like one of you are doing more than the other? I feel like my husband takes advantage uh, of me being home and doesn't want to, doesn't seem to want to help out. Can I take this one? Yeah. Okay. I'm scared. No, I think that's an amazing question because it's something Andrew and I have struggled with. And we've actually had a lot of perspective put on that by therapists. Um, it was actually, I, I distinctly remember shrink chicks talking about this. I think one of the biggest mistakes couples make, and I'm, I'm reiterating this. It's not like I came to this idea on my own because we would have, a, we have a lot of arguments where I feel like I'm doing all the housework and he feels like he's doing all the business work or vice versa, whatever it is. You always feel like you're doing more than the other person. And these therapists were saying, instead of thinking that way, try to reverse it. And how do, how do I word that? We've talked about this a lot. It's the expectation. So Instead of thinking I'm doing all the work, try, try to reverse it and say, 
my husband has been working all day. I would love to get this done for him. Or if you see him come home and take the trash out, be like, babe, thank you so much. When, when the other person feels appreciated for what they've done, you tend to have less negative thoughts. Yeah. Does that make sense? Call out the good things that you see and you'll get more of that. Yeah. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Well, and tell, tell your husband that like you feel like at home you felt overwhelmed because you did all the housework and you watched the kids and just say, I just, I just don't feel appreciated by it. If he can come home and say, thank you, baby, so much. And you can say, thank you, baby, for going to work and like doing all of that today. When you guys feel appreciated, it doesn't feel like a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, again, this is some human condition where when you walk in and you see the, the dishwasher, this, the, the sink is full of dishes, you think of all the other times that you've done the dishes mm-hmm. and the natural next thought is, oh my gosh, I'm the only one that ever does the dishes. Why mm-hmm. does Sean never do the freaking dishes? It's just me. She's just sitting around doing nothing. But there's so many things and so many chores around the house that you do that I don't see mm-hmm. and, and I, vice need, versa. I need to like, I feel like you will experience that initial urge to want to think your partner's being lazy, but try to fight it. I think, I think having crucial conversations, if you, if you notice a pattern over a long time, over like a month and you're like, Hey, Sean, I think we need to sit down um, and discuss this. But so oftentimes we can get wrapped up in the emotions of the here and now um, and let that, just get inflamed so yeah and two comments i want to point out tori said call out i think it's tori yeah tori says call it the good more than the negative that pertains to everything so if you look at your spouse you can find so many things that you don't like right just like you can in any human being from personal experience (laughs) is this no never um but if you obsess over those and only point those out to yourself day in and day out. You create this whole just belief that you don't, that you don't like your spouse and you don't love them. It's, it's kind of like whatever you create a habit of is what becomes your reality. So if I choose every day to wake up and only see the good in Andrew, that creates a habit that is, is good rather than negative. And the other one that I saw was um, being a stay-at-home mom is hard. It's hard to feel appreciated as a stay-at-home mom. Um, Yes, it is. And I think the biggest thing you can do there is talk to your spouse and say, listen, being a stay-at-home mom is a full-time job. It is. A lot of people like to brush it off and say, oh, you just get to stay at home all day with the kids and that's luxury. It is a full-time job. That is why there are nannies in the world that get paid a lot of money is because they stay at home with the kids and it's a full-time job. Mm. So talking to your spouse about that and saying, listen, I feel underappreciated. I appreciate that you go to work every day and go to a nine-to-five job and I would love to feel appreciated in return. I think that's wise. I uh, I heard someone break down the definition of a professional versus an amateur and I have COVID, Admin Lindsay, but if you do, we're praying for you. Um, Haley says, this podcast has been really insightful and inspiring. And, and Nicole saying, hardest job is being a parent. 
Yeah. So before we jump off, um, for those watching the live stream, hit that thumbs up on your YouTube app. That helps uh, increase the visibility of this video. And be sure to be on the lookout for the next live stream. Yes. This and being in live communication with you guys is so much fun. Um, again, if you haven't subscribed to the show, please do so on whatever platform you're, you're listening on. And next week we have a fun interview that we're excited to bring you. I think it's the, the live therapy session. Oh my gosh, it was so, amazing. So let's just tease that out. Yeah. But uh, we're pumped. Thank you for taking the time to uh, be with us this morning. Have a fantastic rest of your Thursday, and we will see you next week. All right, real quick for all of those listening out there. We don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No. But we're going to ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcasts on Apple Podcasts specifically, will you please do us this short, quick favor? We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners. And some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way, you'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.